Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 1 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. This interesting thing, if, if we just see this is what sin does. Sin brings great shame and humiliation. Sin brings brutality, dismemberment, disfiguration. Sin brings a gruesome death and spectacle. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, pinned to a cross, nailed to a cross, and became sin, the Bible says, that we would become the righteousness of God. He took all of our sin, all the sin of the world upon himself. So the awfulness of what this looks like doesn't compare to what Jesus took upon himself when he was beaten, whipped, and nailed to the cross because he took the sin of the world, because he loves us, because he loves you, because he loves me. What a wonderful God we have. Now, what are these guys doing going down and back over there. It's one, it's only a few miles from uh, Jabesh Gilead where these guys are at to Beth Shot, this area there. It's not, it's not a, a long, long haul for them. Do you remember, and you have to go back to 1 Samuel, I think it's um, chapter 11, verses one through 13. In that chapter 11, you remember, this is the first place that Saul went and defended those people. You remember, they, there was a, a body that was chopped up and sent to all of Israel. And then there's this, 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 Saul went and he chopped up, you remember, chopped up a bull and distributed it in 12 parts to the tribes. Do you, you remember that in chapter 11? That was the people of Jabesh Gilead that everybody was dissing on. They were all against him because they were on the other side of the river and said, no, no, they're still a part of Israel. And he went and defended them. And they now, 40 years later, are remembering that. And they are going back and pulling him off of the wall and being merciful and right with him and, and giving him a decent burial, basically, is what happened. It's still a horrible thing. The whole thing's horrible, but it's honorable on their part, isn't it? They've gone back. They've remembered how good Saul was to them. And where was Saul at that point? He was in the right frame of mind, wasn't he? In the very beginning. He started out well. A couple of things to think on. In, in chapter 26, verse 21, um, this is what his, uh, his uh, epitaph, remember we, how we talked about what would be on his tombstone? I have sinned, Saul said, return my son, David, for I will harm you no more because my life was more precious in your eyes this day. And this is, this is what it would say. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. This was, that was his life. He played the fool and he erred exceedingly. This is what's really interesting. This is the crazy part about the Bible, how it, things just kind of fit together. Do you realize this is just a few miles away 
from where his whole, this whole serving God, all this stuff started for Saul. He dies a few miles away from where, it all, where, he, where the whole thing started. So he starts with God, but what is, what is the mark that he's left? I have played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. That's, that's what he left behind. And he, he didn't, in a spiritual sense, the guy didn't, didn't grow, right? It's just started in this place to have this 40 years of rule and reign, but really didn't do the things that he was supposed to do with that, what was entrusted to him. He didn't do what he was supposed to do with that. And now he's back to that same place and he dies right there within a few miles. And it's just, what did it all mean? What was it all about? So I think the thought is, are you growing personally in your walk with the Lord? Are you being challenged? Are you growing? Is, is God stirring? Is something happening? Are, are you further along in your journey than you were last week, last year, last few, 10 years, whatever? Are you further along? Or are you in the same spot? Because if you're in the same spot, it's regressive. You see, God's called us as, as followers not to just know that we're saved. I mean, it's a wonderful truth. And I'm, I'm all for that knowledge. But again, it's, it's not just about that. We're engaged in a battle. Every day, we're engaged in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. What weighs in the balance is men's and women's, women's souls. Now, you're not responsible for all that. I understand, neither am I. But what we are responsible is for what are we doing with what was entrusted to us? To whom much is given, the Bible says, much more is required. What are you doing with what was entrusted to you? Whatever that is, what are you doing with it? And, and this is, what did Saul do? Basically nothing. Nothing good with it, really. And the one really kind of good thing, God honored that, didn't he? Those people went and pulled him off the wall and took, you know, and did him right. God, God did honor that, but that was it. Just a waste. A couple of things, a couple of thoughts that I think are worth thinking about. In this going through 1 Samuel, I think we could say safely that we saw that Saul didn't take sin seriously. So I'm, I, I wanna look at what some of the kind of, kind of from a negative perspective and turn it to positive, okay? Were you willing to do that with me for just a couple minutes? Just to think through just this little bit because I think these are good, good dog bags to take, doggy bags to take home with you, okay? Just a couple things of stuff in it. Saul didn't take sin seriously. He acknowledged it, but didn't really do anything about it. So what we want to do is say, okay, what should we do? Well, we should take sin seriously and we should be repentant. We should do something about it. Take it seriously, be repentant, move on. Follow the Lord, follow the Lord, follow the Lord. Stay on the trail. That's the most important thing. It's not, oh, well, you know, we can get so balled up inside because of failure. The whole thing is fail forward, fall forward. Don't fall backwards, don't fall sideways. It's fall, in the, stay on the trail. It happens. You're not always gonna say and do and think and handle everything exactly right. You're gonna fail. Failure is a part of life and it's a part of the Christian experience too. It just is. 
fail forward. Don't take Saul's approach. Look at where it ended up. He didn't take sin seriously. We should take sin seriously. Because what does it do? When lust is first conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin always brings death. That's what James said. When lust is first conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin always brings death. Things go into our heads. Things fly around in our minds. Let them fly right back out. See, things fly in your head, send it back out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the entertaining of, and once it goes from entertaining, then it goes into an act. So when lust is first conceived, let it fly out. You know, don't let it give birth, you see, to sin. Lust is first conceived, gives birth to sin. Sin always brings, something's gonna die. Something's gonna die. A relationship Something will die. Better for us, die to self. Crucify the flesh with its passions and desires and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It's, it's kind of, you know, something's got to die <laughs> is the key. I, it's biblical, something's got to die. Better that we die to the flesh, you see, than that something else ends up having to go. Powerful, powerful, powerful truth. Saul didn't take sin seriously. The next thought, Saul was more concerned, as we spoke, Saul was more concerned about his image or his reputation than he was his character. So we wanna say, okay, that didn't go good. That didn't lead to anywhere good. So I need to be more concerned with character, who I am, apart from anybody being around, just me and God, who I am then, what's going on in our minds and our hearts and our life, what's going on there, that's our character. So I wanna be more concerned about that because that's more Christ-like because he made himself of no reputation. He wasn't worried about what people thought. He wanted to please the Father. Going to the cross, not my will. You remember his discussion in the garden. Not my will, but thy will, Father, be done. Not my will, but your will, Father, what you want. Is that the discussion that you really have with the Lord? Oftentimes it's the, we have this list and we write it all out. And these, it's, it's almost like we're treating God like he's Santa Claus or something, you know? Hey, here's my wish list. And you know, there you go, out the door we go. That was prayer for the morning. No, that's not the interaction that God's looking for. That's, that's not really praying, you see? It's the interaction of, Lord, you know, this is what's going on. This is my heart in this. I may not be seeing it all right. You know all things. Where's his address? You know, think about our father who art in heaven. Yeah, he's got the eternal perspective. We've got the minuscule perspective in comparison, right? He's got the big picture. We let him have his way. Let's be concerned about character and who we really are when no one's around. And let's be concerned about really not making ourselves of any reputation. Let's be more Christ-like in it. We saw what happens when you take the other road. The last thought in this, Saul had many opportunities. And brothers and sisters, I think this is really important. Saul had many opportunities 
to develop and cultivate good, healthy spiritual relationships with others. Samuel was his friend. Samuel loved Saul. Don't you remember how broke up and tore up Samuel was about what happened with Saul? He was a true, he, he was a true friend to Saul, but Saul wouldn't, wouldn't really have it. Saul really didn't listen to his friends, spiritual good, good friends. Let's, let's contrast that a little bit. David, ultimately, though he missed the mark many times, obviously, but when Nathan came to him and interacted with him, ultimately, he was broken, wasn't he? He heard, he, he listened to his friend. He was a man after God's own heart. He was in pursuit of God's heart. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to have a heart like God. He was for the Lord, right? The Bible says in the Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. This is the same as what a friend, so is a man's friend, a friend you know, a true friend. They're gonna challenge. A good friend is someone who challenges you. A good friend is someone who tells you the truth. Faithful, the Bible says, are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Talks then about flattering words in Proverbs. But that's just empty. That's just because they want something. It's not really maybe the truth. It's not that we can't say something nice to one another. That's all good. But flattery is to gain something oftentimes. And that's not, we're not supposed to be doing that. That's not, that's not right. So when you think about this, man, true friendship is really an understanding of godly accountability. And I think that's really important. Godly accountability. You know, oftentimes I know when God's speaking to me, because God's speaking something in my heart to me. Then all of a sudden, a random conversation with someone and then something said that confirms or affirms what the Lord's kind of put on my heart already. And then there's oftentimes subsequent things. Or maybe then a close friend will sit down and say, hey, look at man. I'm really thinking about this and this and that. I've been praying and man, the Lord's put this on my heart. I'm not talking about pulling out your HS badge, your Holy Spirit police badge. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about trying to be a sin sniffer and figure out what everybody else is doing. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me as an individual, just between me and God. And I know that oftentimes I don't take light those interactions and those conversations. When my wife sits down and talks to me about something real serious, I mean, I, she, she tells me. Hey, I want to talk to you about something, this, this. Oh, okay. You know, it's time to listen. And, and this is the thing. It's, it's inhumanity, our design by nature. What nature am I talking about? I'm not talking about butterflies and bees. And I'm not talking about that nature. I'm talking about the sin nature that's within us. Okay. That sin nature that's within us puts up walls. Oh, I won't hear that. 
would put up a wall. I won't hear that. So someone's trying to speak something good into your life. I won't hear, Saul, just, just let it fly in your, Saul. Just start hearing, because that's what you're doing. You're taking a Saul trip right there. Be wise. Let people, and I'm not saying that everybody should have that platform. I, I, I don't even know how many conversations I've had. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, with people. On, I'm, I'll just, let's leave it on very serious conversations. I can't even, you know, because th- my life involves a lot of serious conversations oftentimes, whether I want them or not, you know? I mean, they just sometimes happen. The thing is though, I can tell if God has allowed me a platform and sometimes I'll be very quiet. And someone will say, ask me, well, you're not really saying anything. Well, are you gonna allow me to have a platform? Are you gonna allow me to speak to that? Will you really hear what I'm saying? Are you really willing to listen to what? Because most of the time, when I'm talking about something real serious, I won't even, I won't even get, let my, I keep my brain out of it. I'll just go right to the word with it because that's all that's really gonna be helpful to anybody is biblical truth. But the times that I wasted so much time saying things to people that they really weren't listening, didn't wanna know, just wanted to go off and just you know, do whatever they're gonna do anyway. And it's like, well, no righty. I know how it's gonna work out. It may take a month, it may take, take six months. May take six years, may take 16 years, may take 60 years, I don't know. But I know how it ends up. The Bible teaches us so much about life. And if we just observe, like reading through, I share with you tonight maybe a half a dozen Proverbs. That, those aren't, that's, I believe in all of them. I believe that, but not because they're not mine. They've become mine because they're God's. And because I'm God's, you know, they, they become ours, you know, collectively. The thing is, is are you really willing to listen? This is why if you're involved in ministry, you want to be involved, you want to run and, and, and run in, involved in ministry, you really need to read that book that K.P. Yohannan wrote about submission. Touching godliness through submission is the title. I am very committed to encouraging people to read through. It can change your marriage. It can change, change your life in anything you can do. It can change your workplace. It can change everything. It talks about the real truth of the concepts. And you know what? If you've read it, read it again. That's my recommendation. I, I really, seriously, because it's such a deep, un, un, a limited understanding within our world today and it's so significant because if you're a leader of other people, you better understand what, what that book has to say because it's all biblical truth. And if you're leading other people, you might be taking them right off the edge of a cliff. If you have a platform of influence in anyone's life, you really need to understand that principle because if someone's listening to you, you are responsible for what you're conveying. That's part of understanding the role because if you have a place of authority, a platform, not rule over. Authority does not necessarily mean lording over people. That's not, I'm talking about just a place. I can say something as a shepherd about, hey, look, 
that is going to, that's dangerous stuff over there. Now, so he starts wandering over there. I'm liable to throw a rock. It's going to land right near him. Gets their attention a little bit. But if need be, there's a big knobby end, the gnarled end on the end of the, the rod. You know? But it, that's because the Lord loves us that he does that with us. That's why sometimes we need to speak the truth in love. If you've been hit with that, disciplined in that sense, if you've experienced that, you're much more apt to do it gently and wisely. Think about what the Lord did with that wandering sheep. Snap, bust its leg. And then he'd pick it up and put it on his shoulders and just wander around with it. And that sheep would be so connected to that shepherd after that couldn't carry itself around. It was fully dependent on the shepherd and all it had was a scent of the shepherd. I've been being lugged around by the Lord for years with a busted leg, so I, I get it. I understand, but it's because he loves us. He doesn't wanna, it's not about inflicting pain. It's about the love. Saul had every opportunity to hear from friends. Look how faithful David was to him. And he wouldn't have it. He just wouldn't have it. We are obstinate knuckleheads, a lot of us, you know, and we've just got to let the Lord come alongside. Man, would, 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 you, would you hear maybe with ears throughout this week, try and hear, man, Lord, what, what is it that you would speak to me? You know, a lot of times we sever friendships and relationships and we sever it just because we don't want to deal with that interaction because they've asked a hard question that I don't want to answer. The wall goes up, relationship's done, we roll on. And, we, and I guarantee you, we will vilify. You know what that means to vilify somebody or to demonize someone? I've watched this over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. All levels of ministry and Christianity, it's, it's, it's horrifying. They demonize others. Man, the heart of the Lord is to speak to us openly, openly, because God loves us. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. I know as you've been listening to the Word today that God uh, may very well be speaking to many of you, and maybe some of you just need to come back to the Lord. Maybe some of you need to give your life to the Lord who've never given your lives to the Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, Jesus said that calling out to those who are burdened with the things of life, and Jesus wants us to come alongside with him. He is gentle and lowly in heart. 
And that's where we're going to really find rest for our souls. It's a simple prayer of faith. And I just want to pray this simple prayer along with you. So if you just want to pray this, whether you're driving or whether you're sitting at home or wherever you are, you might be in your office, you might have this coming on through your earbuds, but the Lord wants to make himself known to you and for you to have a personal relationship with him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a personal relationship. And it starts by just saying yes to Jesus and giving your life to him. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I want to give my life to you. I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want to cast all my cares upon you, knowing that you care for me. And I know that, uh, Lord, I feel weighted down and burdened by the things of this life. And and I just want to have that newness of life. And so I ask that you'd come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior into my heart. And I ask that you would just Continue that work that you've begun in my life right now. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Calvary Chapel KC. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountain. Come, Lord Jesus, come.